From sea to shining sea, America's favorite uncle, Bumpkin Bob. Hey y'all, this is Bumpkin Bob coming to you from the Bumpkin Media Studios here in Salem Springs, Arkansas, just like we do every month. It is cold and rainy here in Salem, so I hope it's warm where you're at. Uh, we're getting into the holiday season. As a matter of fact, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. So we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. One thing I want to say, though, uh, if you're in this local area, December 1st is the Silent Springs Christmas Parade. Old Bumpkin will be out there. We're going to have a trailer and a truck in that parade, waving and handing out some candy. So come out and see Bumpkin while you're out here during that time. 5.30, December 1st, downtown Siloam Springs. Uh, before we get into talking about holidays or Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that that's coming up, uh, my producer <laughs> slash manager slash oldest son uh, ran some numbers for us on where we're getting viewership for the Bumpkin Bob show and the Bumpkin Bob podcast. We wanted to share some of that with y'all today and give some shout outs to these cities that we're going to talk about. Uh, we were uh, we were a little surprised at the numbers. I mean, honestly, we knew we'd have viewership from Arkansas, probably Oklahoma, maybe a little bit into Texas. But, uh, man, we have covered from east coast to west, from north border all the way to far deep south. I mean, we have covered it. Uh, we'll have to look, and I'm not sure viewership in all the lower 48, as it's called. And uh, I, I'll have to check, too. Maybe we can have that for you next time. See how many states we've actually had viewership in. Uh, as of now, our largest audiences, and this is not in any particular order, Siloam Springs, and we're kind of grouping Northwest Arkansas in there together. This is kind of like our Northwest Arkansas Metroplex, which is Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, and Rogers. And then I consider like Siloam and, I mean, anything in Benton and Washington County, basically, here in Arkansas is kind of that Fayetteville Metroplex. But uh, our, our largest audiences have came from Seattle, Washington, and that's kind of shocking to me. Uh, of course, the Fayetteville Metroplex, Huntsville, Alabama, Ashburn, Virginia, which is up close to Washington, D.C., and if, if I had my guess, the people in Ashburn are probably where the Republicans live. Uh, and then the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So those are really our top five uh, in no particular order. Siloam, you're not number one, so that's why I did it that way. So I don't hurt y'all's feelings, so we got to get some more viewership. Uh, as we were talking about this... And because I mean, okay, let me just name off some more of these cities Rochester, New York, New York City, Baraboo, Wisconsin. 
Don't even know where that's at, but it sounds cold, doesn't it? Number one, I don't know what a boo is or why you would bear it, but I'm sure it's a hell of a lot colder there than it is here, and it's pretty cold here. So shout out to Baraboo, Wisconsin for damn sure. But uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, the wild desert in Tucson, Arizona, to Fort Defiance, Arizona. That was one that caught my eye there, Fort Defiance. Every time I hear that word defiance, I think of a black light poster. And I know anybody that's in my age group, like that 45 to 55 market, uh, you're going to remember the black light posters that used to be at all the all the department stores. And there used to be more than just Walmart, y'all. There used to be a whole bunch of them. Every area had its own like local department store chains. But uh, they sold a blacklight poster of a mouse flipping off an eagle that was coming in like with its talons down, going to get the mouse. And that was the, the definition of defiance. So anytime I hear that, so I can just imagine a fort by name Fort Defiance, Arizona, what that was about. Uh, another one, you know, we've been from... Got viewership from Utah to Oklahoma to North Carolina, over there at Raleigh, North Carolina, to be more specific. Uh, shout out to y'all over there in Raleigh. The the Utah one blows my mind. I mean, I just, I don't know how to say this. We'll just say it. I, I didn't know Mormons got into Bumpkin Bob. Uh, then we went from Morgantown, Indiana to West Virginia and from uh, from Pennsylvania to Mystic, Connecticut, and Hartfield, Harbor Hill, Massachusetts. Can't say Massachusetts very well, but, you know, we started talking about this, and, and we were really surprised at where our numbers and our views were coming from. And it's like, well, and you liberals probably ain't going to understand this, but it's probably from bumpkins in this, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma area that have moved to these areas for, uh, here's that dirty four-letter word for liberals, work. You know, they, they've got job offers to go to these places and do stuff. So I'm sure that's part of what it is. Now, that being said, we've also crossed over the ocean, so to speak, oceans, uh, We've got views from Zurich, Switzerland. Is Zurich, Switzerland, is that the town? Or is that two different places? I know Switzerland is a country. Don't be an ass. I know more than that. So Zurich is the town. Okay. Zurich, Switzerland. Sounds like a cold place too. So I'm sure we've had a bumpkin that's been put over there. Probably to, oh my God, here's that word again. Work. Uh, <laughs> Munich to Berlin and all along the North Rhine uh, from, oh, this one blows my mind, mainland China and parts of the Philippines. Can you believe that? China, does China not have like the largest population in the world? I mean, I think there's a lot of people in China, probably per acre or something anyway. There's a lot of them. Uh, 
and we have a large following in Tokyo, Japan. And that makes me wonder, it's like, so is that like bumpkins that have went over there to work or is that actually native Japanese people who enjoy listening to the old bumpkin? Uh, man, I, you know, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but, uh, I don't want to say, you know, like some of the bigger cities in Japan have gotten Americanized because that's not the right word, but they, they're really into spending money, you know, and making money and capitalism and all of that good stuff. So that's pretty wild, but we wanted to give a shout out to all these places. Keep watching the Bumpkin Bob show. We love it that we're getting out there that far. And hey, if we didn't mention your city, hit us up on our email or Twitter. We'll try to mention your city on here. Maybe we could do something like the old hee-haw and salute someplace every month. That might be kind of cool. But, uh, you know, let's do that. Like I said, we. it just, I mean, the more I look at these numbers, the crazier it gets. I'm just shocked that everybody out there wants to see this little face right here. That's kind of cool, wasn't it? Anyway, shout out to all y'all, especially Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we're going to move on now, talk about some other things. Uh, man, I, I don't know how much time we need to spend on this. I do have some things I want to say about it. This is for my Razorback fans out there. We lost one yesterday to Mississippi State. That was ugly. Uh, I think the final score was 52 to 6. And and I know you fans are not happy. I know you're not. I, I mean, I work with Razorback fans. My kids are Razorback fans. I, I hear it all the time. But I also know from listening to his press conference yesterday, Coach Morris is not happy. The, the His coaching staff is not happy. Nobody is. But, but let's break this down a little bit. And I, I don't want to be ugly to the kids, but this is just a fact. The kids that are there were recruited by Brett Bielema. And, and y'all, they, they don't have the talent to run the offense that they want to run or the defensive schemes they want to run. So they've only put in like a small percentage of their – their offense. Let's just use the offense as an example. I've only put in a small percentage of their offense, and this is no kick to our quarterbacks or anybody else or any of those kids. Those kids were recruited to run a different system. With that being said, because of talent that's on that team, this is the way I look at it and the way I feel. I feel Bielema, when he was at Wisconsin, you know, he, he had an area around there that everybody gravitated to that school. So I don't think he had to look and recruit as hard as he did after he came here. And I just don't think he's a good recruiter. Uh, I don't think he could – I don't know how to say this exactly right. I don't think he could look at high school kids and go, okay, this kid's going to fit in our system. I think he had to just get those kids in Wisconsin and do the best he could 
and the ones he were, was getting fit into the system he wanted to run. I think going out to high schools and trying to find people that fit his style play and fit his system, I just don't think he was good at it. That being said, on the flip side of the coin, I think Chad Morris from his time at Clemson and at SMU has shown that he knows how to put a team together recruitment-wise. I mean, I don't think all coaches are good at that. Now, Nick Saban, he gets all top five stars. That's just how it is. Because they all want to go to Alabama because they're going to win a national championship and go into the NFL. So he kind of gets kids. He doesn't have to go out and beat the bushes like everybody else does. The top kids come to him. Everybody else has got to go out and look and try to put these kids together. And I think Chad Morris is going to do good. I, I'm... I can't remember, and it's different. Every every recruiting publication that, that concentrates on recruitment has a different line on it, but he's either in the top 25 or top 20 for his next re, first recruiting class at Arkansas. And y'all, after he strings three or four of those together, and he will... It's not going to be like Brett Bielema where he got a pretty good recruiting class his first year and then it fell off every year, you know, and he's lucky to be in the top 100 in recruiting classes. I think Coach Morris is going to be in that top 20, 25 recruitment class every year, and you're going to see that team change. Now, do I think in the next three years it's going to be vying for a national championship? No, probably not. I think it will be trying to get a Western side of the conference championship. And I also think, and this is what I'm excited about, I think they're going to end up being a spoiler team. I think he's going to end up just like Arkansas of old, that, you know, we're going to finish 7-5, and 8-4, and 9-3 every year. We're going to win some good games. We're going to play hard in every game. And we're going to wreck somebody's season. We're going to roll into Alabama one of these times in the next three or four years. And we're going to beat them and ruin their chance at a Western Conference championship, which may ruin their chance in a national championship. Or we're going to roll into LSU or Texas A&M and do, this, or, and do the same thing and be that team that everybody's like, oh, my God, we got to play Arkansas. On any week, they can beat anybody. You know, yeah, they're going to lose two or three games a year, but they're going to be there in every game, and they're going to wreck somebody's season. I really feel like that, so you just got to give him time. Just got to be patient, you know. Uh, we're headed into that time of year uh, where something's fixing to happen next week. We're going to play Missouri because that's our – Eastern rivalry that they decided, but uh, something takes place next week that happens that last weekend every year. You got some schools like Louisville and Kentucky and, and well, Alabama and Auburn, that's the big one. They play the last game of every year against each other. Well, let's talk about Louisville and Kentucky. Arkansas's old coach, Bobby Petrino, got, as of filming this, he got fired a week ago, and I believe when he got fired, they had lost on Saturday. They were 2-8. and eight. 
They lost again yesterday, so they're two and nine now. Got one more game to play, and that's against Kentucky. This is an SEC team. They play the last game every year against each other because they're in-state rivals. Something Arkansas don't know nothing about because we don't get to play any in-state teams. And if that was a cut, by the way, in case anybody didn't catch it. But uh, I think Kentucky's got their best shot at beating Louisville this year. Oh, excuse me. That was just rude, wasn't it? That's not vodka. It's just Sprite, so nobody get freaked out. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be interested in seeing that game next week. I think it'll be an interesting game. I really, really do. Now, we talked about, oh, let's talk about the Arkansas Razorback basketball that kicked off last week. Uh, they lost a heartbreaking opening game to Texas Longhorns. Uh, I think when we did our run through in this, I said the fucking Texas Longhorns, but, uh, it was heartbreaking. And again, we don't have those two guards and it's going to be tough this year, but Mike Anderson's got some freshmen there that are going to get some playing time this year. And then next year, they've got a hot freshman class coming in like the next two years, actually, the uh, 2019 and the 2020 class are they're loaded, Jack. So you're going to get these kids with some playing time and then have some loaded freshmen coming in the next couple years. Arkansas basketball is fixing to go through the top. And again, they may not be a national championship team, but they're going to surprise some people. And maybe not this year, but in the next couple of years in the SEC. And then they're going to get into that NCAA tournament and go pretty far every year, I think. That's just my personal opinion. So let's give Coach Morris and Coach Anderson, give them a hand for what they've done, and just be patient because it's going to all come around. Uh, wanted to tell a little story this morning. And we're going to talk about – I'm going to tell you a story about – Thanksgiving, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving because that's our next holiday coming up. And I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I am going to tell some shit. Uh, the story is, I used to, when we lived in central Arkansas, and I, I, I started probably in the early 80s, uh, smoking meat, like a lot of people do, you know, grilling out, smoking meat. As far as smoking goes, I started out with the upright Weber. You know, it's about three foot tall, little dome lid. Put the charcoal on the bottom in the water pan. You put your wood salt chips on there, the whole works. That's what I started smoking with. And y'all, it's an excellent way to get started, excellent way to learn. Uh, I would smoke a turkey and a ham every year. I mean, usually for Christmas and Thanksgiving. So it's a good way to start, you know, and move up through that, you know, till you get your first offset smoker. And, you know, it's just to hone those smoking skills, so to speak. But uh, this is about running Thanksgiving one year. But uh, I uh, was smoking a turkey and a ham and my 
M.O. was I would take the turkey. I always just rub seasoned salt on the skin and under the skin. And then I'd cram an onion and a couple of sticks of butters up its butt. Put it on the bottom shelf of my smoker and then set a, a bone-in full shanked ham on the top. And I'd try to get one that was good and fatty so that fat would start rendering out of there and kind of base the turkey. Plus, I was using a water pan. I always put beer in my water pan. Uh, but I always had that smoker usually setting on like cinder blocks or I forget what they call the 12 by 12 concrete pads, but they're just little pads that you put down first like when you're, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, blocking up a trailer setting it up, leveling it up. You put the little 12, or maybe they're 16 by 16. I guess they're 16 by 16. Put them down and then you stack your blocks on top of it. Gives you a nice footing there. That's what I always put my, my smokers on or my, my upright smoker. Well, most of you know, I worked at Arkansas Electric. Co-ops would send their pad mount transformers in and I know Y'all are already thinking, oh man, what a fucking idiot. But I was young and, and things just didn't click. You know how it is when you're young like they do now. Sometimes you got to learn from your mistakes. I can't believe I'm telling off on myself like this. This is probably wrong. Probably wrong, 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 wrong. But we're going to tell it anyway. So anyway, when co-ops would send in their transformers, they usually still had what's called a poly pad bolted to the bottom of them. And this thing is about a, a three inch thick plastic base that I'm assuming is foam filled. And the pad mount transformers mounted to it and they just set them on the ground. It kept them up off the ground is what it did. And then they didn't have to pour a concrete pad under every one of the, like the small... 50 and 75 KVA transformers are like residential pad mounts going residential neighborhoods. Well, those things would come in with those still underneath and those guys would unbolt them and just chunk them in the trash. And so I went out there and got one of them and I thought, man, I ought to be able to use this for something. And I brought it to the house, had it out there behind the shed for a long time. Thanksgiving rolls around and I get the bright idea that I'm going to set my smoker on that freaking poly pad. Well, let me tell you something right now, folks. That's a bad idea. Did I say that out loud? Bad idea. So, uh, I set that thing on there. Got my smoker all going. Got my shit going. Got my water pan in there. Put my turkey in. I got my ham on it. Put the top on it. We take off. Here we go. Here we go. We got us a smoker going. So I always smoked my turkey and ham overnight or put them on pretty late at night. And, you know, then they'd be done in the next morning. We'd put them in the oven, keep them warm, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, in the double wide, and I wish that part wasn't true, but it is. I lived out in the country, so I didn't have, you know, close neighbors or anything. But in the double wide, the 
the back door was in the kitchen. And it was one of those that had the, the crank out windows. There was like three or four of them that folded. Y'all are thinking, man, you really are bumpkin, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. I grew up in trailers. I'm trailer trash. That's just how it is. Let's get over it. That's my peeps. Anyway, you know, in the, the bottom two or three are frosted and then the top one's clear so you can see people, I guess, through it. I don't know what the deal is. But I had to walk in the kitchen to get me a beer and go check on my smoker. Well, when I walked in, it looked like the porch light was on in the backyard. So I was going to check the smoker anyway. I walked over and the switch was off, so I opened the back door. And that damn poly pad was on fire. Not a good thing. So I run out the back door, which I had cinder blocks for my steps out the back door. So I'm just letting y'all know how big a bumpkin I am. Run out the back door and drop kick the fucking smoker off the poly pad. And of course, smoker, turkey, ham, everything goes rolling out through the woods. And I got the poly pad put off. Well, it basically, like, and I'm sure it was just plastic smoke but it it was like it plastic coated the turkey and the ham it ruined them i mean they're just fifty dollars worth of fucking meat right down the drain right there buddy i'm telling you quick fast and in a hurry and if memory serves me right i think we went to kroger's the next morning I think, I hope Kroger's wasn't closed. Somehow we came up with, because we were feeding a bunch of people, you know? It was like, shit, a turkey and a ham. Somehow we came up with like four or five or six chickens. And we just roasted chickens the next day for Thanksgiving because Bumpkin Bob had ruined the turkey. The turkey had left the building. That is no lie right there. The turkey was gone. That's just Sprite, by the way, and it ain't got nothing in it, so don't freak out. If I was going to be drinking on air, I'd have a beer, just letting you know. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about families in Thanksgiving, and uh, don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, And but this is going somewhere. Uh. I've been thinking about it today, and it's like there are basically five people, five, what do you call that? Personalities that are at Thanksgiving dinner. If you've got a big family, there's going to be five, and I want to make you all aware of them today. Now, the big one is the normal people. And most of us are going to fit into that category. We're normal people. That's just how it is. It's the other four that I really want y'all to be looking for because there's usually one of these in every family. Uh, this is in no particular order, but you've got the asshole. And I, I think that's, Pretty self-explanatory, but the asshole is the one that, and, and it could be a he or she, I don't want to call out any gender, 
which there are only two of, male or female, whatever, two of them, dose, don't care what language you're in. Uh, but this is the person that comes in. They're usually screaming. They they put everybody on edge. They're like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, they'll scream, God damn it, I want mashed potatoes, not sweet potatoes. I hate fucking yams. Or they're pissed off about what kind of meat's there. They're probably yelling at their kids and your kids and everybody else's kids. You know, they talk louder than everybody. They're up here and just, they're, they're just an asshole. I mean, everything is bitching about this or bitching about that. It's like, good God, fucking really? Uh, trying to think of a good example that's happened at Thanksgiving and nothing's coming to mind right at the moment, but it might here in a minute. But you're, you know, because y'all are sitting there thinking, yeah, that's, that's cousin Ralph over there. He's our asshole. He comes in every year. He's bitching about his job and just nobody wants to deal with him or talk to him, you know. Oh my God, there's a sixth. I just realized it. Okay, we're going to add a six. There's a sixth personality out there too. I just realized it. We'll go ahead and do it next. So you got the asshole. Remember that one. Then you got the religious one. Oh my God. That wants to, you know, talk about Jesus and, you know, wants to talk about your sins and, Oh, it, it gets pretty hairy there, you know, and they want to run you down. They're not running you down, but they're they're just, you know, do you really need to be drinking that beer here at, here during Thanksgiving? Or, you know, do you really have to go out back and fire that up and smoke it and pass it around here at Thanksgiving? And, you know, it's like, well, I got to work up my appetite. And the best way to get the munchies, you know what I'm Each his own, people. Each his own. So we got the asshole and we got our overly religious aunt. Let's call her the overly religious aunt. Then the next one you got is the drama queen. And y'all know it. Y'all know you got one in your family that likes to keep the pot stirred. Keep this person mad at that person and spread rumors about this person and bring up this. Just brings up things that shouldn't be brought up. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, why do you do that? Why do you care if Sally's mad at Beatrice? Or, you know, why, why do you want to put yourself in there? Why does it make you feel better? To keep that stirred up. That is one thing I will never understand. But every family's got their drama queen. And I say queen. It can be a drama king too. Here's the deal with these personalities, y'all. It could be either male or female. It's one or the other. Then you've got... I'm trying to think of a good just name. Aunt Karen. We'll call her Aunt Karen. Who has to be the center of attention for everything. 
If there's a conversation going on, she's got to interrupt it or do something to take everybody off of what they're doing and put it on her. She's just got to be the center of attention. That's just the way it is. You know, if, if she's making a pie, she wants everybody in there gathered around her watching her make her fucking pie. And, you know, or it's the, the brother-in-law that shows up with the vet and he wants, you know, you'd be standing out there with three or four other guys and all of a sudden he'll, he's not part of the conversation. So he starts the vet up because it's so fucking loud. Nobody can hear their self think because he wants to tell you all about the big block that he put in this year. Yeah, took the small block out, put a big block in. It's got uh, roller rockers in it and I put the blower on there and she's fuel injected and got nitrous oxide and uh, I took her down to the track and was going to run her but I blew out the rear end because I didn't hop up I, I didn't change out the rear end I was trying to run that stock 10 bolt Chevrolet rear end in that bet right there and blew it all to pieces trying to stick 900 horsepower through it because you're a fucking idiot but he wants to tell you all about it and have the damn thing up so loud that nobody can hear anything anybody else is saying anyway so everybody has to stop and listen to him so we covered, that's covered the asshole, religious nut, center of attention, drama queen, normal, and then you got the quiet one. The one that sits over in the corner and doesn't talk to anybody really, just kind of listens and is observant of everybody. Now that, Right there. I'm telling you people right now. That's the motherfucker that usually ends up stabbing somebody in their sleep or somebody comes up missing from the family because they hit them out in the woods somewhere. That's the one you got to watch. Now, I've said all this because you got those personalities and then you got everybody else that's just borderline normal. You might be borderline asshole or borderline uh, drama queen, but you know, for the most part, you're normal because you've got that one person in every family that covers those personalities to an extreme. But I know, because I can see y'all. I can see you right there in the camera. There's some of y'all that are sitting there going, well, you know, ain't, ain't Sally is our drama queen and I'm pretty sure that Joe is the center of attention and I know for a fact that that fucker Wayne is the asshole but I'm not sure who the religious nut is it's fucking you so if you go through all the personalities and you can't find let's say you got a family of 30 and you can't figure out who the asshole is in those 30s, it's because it's fucking you. So show up at Thanksgiving this year and don't be an asshole. That's all I got to say about that shit. There. And by the way, since it is coming up, y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll actually do that again at the end of the show, but I thought I'd get it out of the way here. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, I've got it wrote down over here. That just tickled the shit out of me this week. And and here again, people, 
I am conservative. I make no bones about it. It's just the way it is. But to me, if I find something funny as far as politicians goes, I don't care if they're conservative or Democrat. I think it's funny. Funny's just funny to me. So, but this happens to actually be about Democrats. And here's what my whole thinking is. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all how I think about it. That girl, Cortez, that just got elected from California to the U.S. Congress. She's going to be one of their congressional representatives from California where all the crazy people goes. And that's another thing. If you've got a family member that went to California, whether they come home for Thanksgiving or not, that's your crazy one. Yeah, that's it. Right out there. Probably a little Looney Tunes. So, but, uh, and I've said this for years, that I just couldn't figure out why Democrats, liberals, however you want to look at them, elected all these rich white people to represent them. And I always thought, man, that just, it's not the demographics of their voters. And it always kind of made me wonder in the back of my mind, well, Cortez come out this week and has already said, and this is going out to all you congressional Democrats, you rich white people that have been holding office for 20 years, your time has about come because, because through your own actions, this shit's taking place. I'll just tell you that right now. But... She backs a deal called Justice for Democrats, Justice Democrats, something like that. And basically what they're going to do is starting in the next election is they're going to start pushing people in the Democratic primaries to run against these career politicians, these rich white career politicians that don't fit their demographics. And it's like, that just cracks me the fuck up. I think it's funnier than shit. Y'all have made a living over telling minorities in, in different communities of people that you're their representative. And you're really not, but they're fixed to put an end to that shit. The problem with that is, is... And, and this is my own little way of looking things. In dead center, dead in the middle, you have what I used to call moderate Democrats or moderate Republicans. They ran on a ticket, but they really weren't one or the other. They were pretty much in the center. And these people would look at a bill that the Republicans put out and would say, yeah, that's a good idea. And it didn't matter if they were Republican or Democrat, they would vote for it. Or they would look at something the Democrats put out and said, yeah, that's a good idea. And they would vote for it. Or they would say, no, that's a bad idea. And they wouldn't vote for it. They would go the other way. I called those moderates. That's just my way of thinking and the way my feeble brain put it together. 
in my opinion today, as far as the the U.S. Senate and House goes, I, I don't think we have moderates anymore. I think you move over a notch in that scale towards the left or towards the right, and that's what you end up having. And you have these people that are pretty much, they don't look at anything the other side does as having any merit whatsoever, only what they do. And then the the far left or far right after that is the, the real problem. Moderates are good. The first notch past that when you become completely conservative or completely liberal is, is I don't want to say it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's just what it is. But when you go that last notch and you go to the far left wing, which is where Cortez is, she's went, she's not, she's, you know, she's not in that moderate section. She's not in that first notch of left wings. And you notice I'm using my left hand for left, right hand for right. She's not in that. And that's where I put like Nancy Pelosi and the rest of her liberal ass people. She's right there. She's even further left. She's all the way out there. So the people she's going to be backing are going to be those people. She's going to be trying to put those people in primaries against these people, whether it's Senate races, congressional races, whatever. She's going to be backing those kind of people. And, and they're getting a, a very strong foothold. And, and that being said, it's because... And, and I believe this for the majority of the younger people, especially the, especially the ones that go to college, there's, there's no college is not middle of the ground anymore where people start learning to make up their own mind and how to think for themselves. It's already there. They're, and they're in the at least that first notch. And I'm talking about the professors and the administration of these colleges that first notch of Democrats. So they're pushing everybody to that or even further to the left like this activist Cortez is doing. That's where it's going to get named. You know, she wants to get rid of ICE. And I, I mean, and I just don't think she realizes what she's doing. She's not that bright. I don't know if you've ever listened to her speak. She's not that bright. I, I Honestly, I... I don't know. There, I don't think there's no other state out of the 50 states. I don't think there's any other state other than California that she could have got elected out of. You know, that's that's just bottom line. That being said, and we'll talk about something that, you know, has been in the news and everything. Oh, speaking of in the news, we'll just hit this real quick. Uh, Jim Acosta got his butt kicked out of the White House and then a, a judge has put him back in, not because of his Second Amendment rights, because of his Fifth Amendment rights and he didn't get due process and basically told the Trump administration, if you're going to kick people out, you got you to gotta set down a list of rules and regulations for them to follow 
before you can just pull their press credentials. So they're getting that together, people. And anyway, that's, I mean, we could talk about that maybe in the podcast. That's a whole another thing in its own. I mean, I think we only got about 15 minutes left here on today's show. So I don't want to get into Jim Acosta too much, but uh, other than say he's just, wow, out there. But, you know, let's, the thing that's been on my mind and, and, and y'all are going to say this is silly. We had this discussion uh, this week with some people, but it's like uh, the, the whole everybody earns the same amount of money no matter what they do discussion. And everybody gets free health care and everybody gets this. And everybody gets this no matter what you do. Well, a lot of that bullshit is starting out in California. And it's and 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 you hear celebrities talk about it. And you hear celebrities pushing their liberal agenda. Well, number one, people, those people are they've probably not got attention their whole life. So they go out there to Hollywood to try to become an actor to get attention. And and the people, for whatever reason, that control who gets parts and who doesn't have become liberal. Don't understand that at all. That's a whole discussion in itself. But... These people have to adapt a liberal policy or a liberal feelings, liberal mindset to get work out there. And and then they go through constant rejection. And, and, and I bet you five bucks, as far as celebrities go, there's more depression and and shit like that in their little group than in any other dynamic group that you could come up with because they're rejected on a daily basis, you know, and it's, you know, probably worse for women. It's like if they don't give sex, they don't get the part. Or if they don't know the right people or they say the wrong lines in a reading, they get rejected go to these casting calls and after years and years of of scraping for parts, they're fucked up in the head. And these are the people we're listening to. But then you have a few of them that make it, you know, and they become big movie stars and they want to get out there and tell you who to fucking vote for, which is another thing that just blows my mind. And here again, most of them are liberal. Now, you have a few like Clint Eastwood and Tim Allen that have stood up and don't put up with that bullshit and they're conservative and they tell you right off that they're conservative and they don't pull no punches. And uh, for the most part, to some part, the Hollywood establishment has left them alone. Clint Eastwood's still making blockbuster movies as a producer and director. So, you know, I, I don't believe that you have to be that way. But there again, so let's get back on subject. You know, what I think they should start doing 
is, is start living the way they preach. And because the liberal party's going that way, they should take a movie and say, okay, the, the top actor is going to get paid this much and the next actor this much and that normally. And this is what they get. And then the people that work run the cameras and the grips and the electricians, they would get this much. And this is what salary-wise over the course of this movie these hundred people that are going to work on this movie or however many people it actually is, you know, we're going to be out a total of $30 million in salaries between the actors and the, the crewmen and the editors and the film guys and the director. So they take all that, they put it in a big bundle, they divide it by however many people are actually working on that movie and then everybody gets paid the same. And let's see how long that fucking goes over. We could do the same thing with the fucking football players that are professional athletes that want to tell us how to vote and what we should be doing and not doing. It's like, okay, uh, Minnesota Vikings or whoever. Well, let's use San Francisco 49ers since... Their ex-quarterback's the one that got all this shit started. It's like, instead of paying your, your quarterback $20 million a year and you're running back $15 million a year and this guy $190 million over 12 years, we loop all that money in together and then everybody from the janitor to the fucking top quarterback to the coaches, everybody gets paid the same amount per game. How long do you think that would fucking go over? Not very long at all. I mean, they put an end to that shit so fast, it'd make your fucking head spin. It's just, the whole thing in a nutshell is us listening to these people tell us how to vote. I heard the other day, and it kind of pissed me off when I heard it, about the CMA Awards last week. Well, it wasn't political. Nobody politicized nothing. Nobody got up there and talked about politics. It's because they fucking shut them down. You know, if they allowed the CMA to do the shit some of these other award shows do's, do, do's, what the fuck, Bob? A lot of those people would get up there and and tell people they're... they're a uh, conservative-minded approach to things. And oh my God, the network executives would go fucking nuts. Because I feel like you're going to find a lot more conservative, Christian conservatives in country music, especially old country music, than you're going to find in hip-hop or the actors and whatever, actor and actresses screen guild. So those award shows, they don't mind them getting political because up there saying, yay Hillary and yay this one and yay that one and go Nancy and blah, 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 blah. But man, if a country music guy got up there and went, go Trump, the fucking network executives would have a freaking fit. And man, I am using the F word way too much. Y'all got to stop me. Put the brakes on. Dial it back a little bit, Bob. That's just something that's very dear to my heart. I don't know if y'all could tell that or not. I get passionate about that shit. 
So that being said, all that you should take out of that is those Democrats that are that are one step to the left from being moderate. Because there ain't no moderate Democrats. I'm just I'm not putting nobody in that category because there ain't nobody there anymore. They're either one step to the left of moderate or they're one more step to the left way out there in left field. And that's where Cortez is at. But those are the ones she's gonna be trying to she's gonna be trying to replace the current crop of Democrats that are in Congress and Senate, the House and Senate with those that are way out there in left field. So y'all better get ready for the fight because it's going to be fucking coming to us. That's just bottom line. Uh, we have covered <laughs> basically where we're being looked at or seen in the the world here on Bumpkin Bob show. Uh, again, I guess I I can't help it. I got to give a shout out again to Tokyo, Japan. That just blows my mind. So let's give that. We've talked about the Razorbacks. Uh, talked about our uh, political climate right now. One more thing I want to say about political stuff. And this goes out to the Democrats and all y'all that are, that are going through and been through the last week, all these recounts and shit, you know, it would be more believable that you're not trying to steal the elections if when you find these box of votes, they contain a few Republican votes in it. Instead, every time it's like, oh, look, we found five, how far is our guy behind? He's behind 4,000 votes. Well, we just found 5,000 votes over here for the Democrats. It's like when you find these boxes of votes, it would be more believable if you salted it with a few Republican votes. You know what I'm saying? But y'all aren't even smart enough to do that. Man, I'm going to tell you what. It's Sunday afternoon. It's almost Thanksgiving. Getting ready for some turkey and dressing. So we call it dressing in the South. We make cornbread dressing the way you're supposed to make it. Uh, Getting ready for that. I want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Remember, remember, remember. December 1st at 5.30 here in downtown Salem Springs. All y'all out there in Tokyo, Japan, go ahead and book your flights now. Bumpkin Bob will be in the Christmas parade. So y'all come on over here and see us. Come out and we'll, we'll, we'll bow to each other. Shake hands, whatever y'all want to do. Oh my God, I would crack up if somebody walked up and was from Tokyo. <laughs> oh, sorry, it would just throw me for a loop. Oh my God, it'd be the it'd be the coolest thing. I gotta make sure we got the camera with us out there because that would be fucking awesome. Anyway, again, come see us out there at the Christmas parade. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, don't eat too much. And we will see you here next time on the Bumpkin Bob Show. We're out. Hey, y'all, it's Bumpkin Bob here. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll enjoy our monthly episode even more. Uploaded first on bumpkinbob.com. For all the Bumpkin content, follow us anywhere you can. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to leave us a review. Five stars are good. One stars are not welcome. 
and this is Bumpkin Bob, and we're out.